Welcome to Beyond the Diamond, the podcast that goes far beyond the game. I'm your host, Danielle D. Rubin, and I'm here to empower young women, parents, and coaches in the world of fast pitch softball. As the owner and founder of DR3 Fast Pitch, I'm passionate about bringing you inspiring stories, valuable insights, and expert advice to help you excel both on and off the field. So whether you're a player looking to take your skills to the next level, a parent supporting your young athlete, or a coach seeking to make a difference, you're in the right place. Let's dive in and go beyond the diamond together. Hello, everybody. It is Coach D here with Beyond the Diamond. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. This episode, I have a very special guest speaker. She is a friend of mine in the softball pitching community. I am so thankful that I've had the pleasure of working with her, coaching with her, just becoming friends with her, her being like a mentor for me in this world. And I am just so happy to announce Allie McKnight. Thank you so much for being on here today. She is the owner and founder of McKnight Softball Instruction based out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And Allie, again, thank you for coming on here. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes. And so one of the things that I wanted to chat with you about, well, first, I just wanted you to give kind of a little introduction to everybody who is listening on here about the services that you do, where you kind of work out of. I know you have two facilities that you work out of and just a little background on your pitching journey in the softball world. Yeah. So I'm Allie McKnight. I'm um, from Northern California. Um, I am in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And how I got here is I played college out here, found the need to take um, or help the softball community out here with just with the opportunity that I was blessed with in California. Um, I started about eight years ago um, with about think, 10 clients um, and just, I, we did everything, hitting, pitching, catching, fielding, just myself. And fast forward eight years later to today, we have roughly about 300 clients. I have a couple other instructors that work for me and we teach all aspects of softball, pitching, hitting, catching, defense, mental training, um, all of that. So all the fun stuff. <laughs> yes no that's so awesome I love seeing all the videos of your other instructors and you and all think. of them yeah, yeah. well so thank one of the big things again I love doing clinics with you we bounce off of each other very 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 well um and I know our perspectives on a handful of these things just go hand in hand and I just wanted to really touch on youth pitchers today and the struggles that we have with youth pitchers, the misconceptions that parents have with youth pitchers. And one of the things that I've been seeing more, and I'd love to hear your perspective on this, is when it comes to youth pitchers. Now, I know it's kind of like a broad age range. Let's start with like eight to 12 year olds, and then we'll kind of feed sure. into the high, high school level girls. But with eight to 12 year olds, one of the struggles that I have is to get them motivated and disciplined at home to do their training they come to the lessons once a week they go to their team practice there's no structure at team practice pitching coaches just kind of send them to the outfield or whatever to go kind of warm up and one of the things that I'm getting on to them about during our lessons a little bit more is we're repeating a lot of the same concepts because I can tell that they're not putting the work in at home is that something similar right. to where you've seen before with some of your girls yeah you know it's I think a lot of it has to do too with it's a generational change. Um, it has to do with society um, and a lot of the structure, you know, at home. Um, I kind of 
let my girls know when they're new of, hey, this is kind of my expectation. Please let me know what your expectation is as the athlete. Are you wanting to go play college? Are you wanting to make your high school team? Are you wanting to make your uh, travel team? What are you wanting to get out of this? And sometimes they really don't know. Sometimes it's, I don't want to play college. And then, you know, five years in, they found a love for it. They've gotten really better. They kind of found who they are. And then they're like, hey, Coach Ali, you know, I think I really do want to play college ball. And we kind of hit the ground running a little bit differently. Um, So I really try to set that standard in the beginning on day one of this is what I expect when you come. I do my part with training at home, the researching, the connections, my certifications. My mentors are some of the best in the game of softball. And I bring that to the table at lessons. And I need your work ethic to match that. Um, You know, it's like you can't have no work ethic at home and think that you're going to make Oklahoma's, Florida's, Florida State's, Alabama's team, if that's your dream. Um, you know, and I let the parents know that this is an expectation. I do small group lessons of three to four girls. So I think that helps. I know a lot of people love their individual lessons. To me, that's nothing that I 100% believe in. My intensives are one-on-one and those are structured a little bit differently. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later here. Um, but there's just something that really comes with those small groups. And I have some younger girls paired with my older girls and it's just the support. We are playing the hardest position on the field mentally and physically when you really think about it. And there's so much that goes into getting better at our position and you need a good support system when you're at lessons, when you're at home, when you're on the field. And so with the youth, You need to develop that right away. Otherwise, this position and the training for the position can be draining. It can be overwhelming. You can lose your confidence. And I mean, let's be honest, this day and age, it's hard right now for kids, children, females, middle school, elementary. And like I said, I think that it goes back to the generational aspect of it is I like having that kind of diversity at lessons so the younger girls can really see what they're getting towards, um, what they're working towards. The older girls are supporting. They're showing up. They're doing their warm-ups together. If one girl throws a really good pitch after they heard me say, hey, come on, we're struggling. I know you can do this. Help me understand better what's going through your head. They fix it. And the older girls are jumping up and down, giving them high fives, supporting them just to see a little tiny smile. It's, hey, you're progressing. Um you know, our, I was just going to bounce off that. I mean, that topic right there. I mean, I'm a big fan. I do group lessons in person. If I do one-on-ones, it is intensives as well. I do one-on-one virtual, um, which is a little, just set up a little differently, but there's like a community where these girls will all hop in. And that's what made my heart very happy recently is seeing just the support from other girls, like them posting like, Hey, your mechanics look great. Or even in, in, in-person group lessons, like the older girls talking to the younger girls, like I totally agree with that. And I think that is something, and we'll dive a little deeper into that a little later, but I just had to touch on that, that that support system is a game changer. And it does motivate these girls a little bit more. And I think it motivates parents too, to kind of see, okay, older girls with the younger girls, like it teaches the older girls to become leaders a little bit more and also teaching them just to 
well, one, be a leader physically, but also being a leader mentally and emotionally and the girls looking up to them and the little girls being motivated and more disciplined to kind of strive towards what the older girls are doing. So I love that you do that. Um, I do the same thing as much as I can. I'm only in person one day a week, so it makes it a little tougher um, uh-uh. <laughs> to kind of navigate that route. And right. you just touched on a great point of like how it is generational with social media nowadays, with what I know, and we won't get into this, but just topics that I know that they talk about at the public schools, even at a younger age. I mean, it really is exposing these children to a lot more that can get in their heads a little bit. And you're in school for eight hours, you're drained, and then we're trying to get them motivated and get them going at lessons with positive attitude, 100% effort. And sometimes they're just mentally drained. And that's something that I see a lot to where the nutrition aspect and how we're fueling our bodies is like the number one topic that I've been ta- chatting about a little bit more when it comes to these girls. Um, is that something that you've been sharing with your girls as well, as far as seeing them after school, like if their energy levels are low, like, is that just something that you see often? I mean, I've just feel like I've been seeing it more often recently in the last like four or five months. Yes. You know, I do. I kind of talk to them first you know, cause we're not just there We're you know, their support system, um, as well. Sometimes a therapist, some, sometimes just a confidant because they see us sometimes more than their family. Obviously my girls have the, they come weekly. They have the same day and time every single week, the same group. And so a lot of those girls, they become family and their support. They've gotten each other's phone numbers and they talk. I have a group text with my uh, pitching community with all of my pitchers my older girls and it's like our group chat and we I send them hey guys here's your quote for the day hey girls I'm praying for you if there's anything specific you need me to pray for I'd love to add that in here one of my girls had ACL surgery so the girls did a video message and sent it in there for her recovery um and so you know when they come and talk to us about that at lessons when there's something's going on with them, you know, you can sense it right away, especially my girls have been with me for years, anywhere from 15 years to brand new. And you can kind of sense like, Hey, what's going on? What? And they'll be like, hotel, I'm so tired today. You know, you're, you're outgoing girls. And I'll ask them like, okay, tell me, what did you do today? What did you eat? How much water have you drank? And the answers you get are kind of almost cringing and, then I'm thinking, and then you went and worked out with your high school team. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you need to, I have a personal trainer. I train, I'm on a meal plan. I am on a water plan. I am on a workout plan and I'm almost, you know, I'm 36, I'm almost 40. And those things are helping me at my age to have more energy, to be able to, you know, work out, do these movements, teach these girls this. And then I have a daughter that I have to run around to her games, her practices, her training and those things and play with her and one of her friends and, you know, those things. And I have to have energy to do that. And I, you know, I get they're they're getting up early, they're in class, they're training and those kind of things too. But, you know, nutrition really does play a factor into the energy levels that they have. Um, and I explained to them too, you know, softball evolves and changes and, you got to be able to adapt. It's either sink or swim, babe. And, you know, you got two options. Are you going to sink? Are you going to swim? And whatever comes with those two, you have to do the job duties that entail, you know, the requirements to either sink or swim. And if you want to, if you want to swim, then you got to do those job duties. And it's not, I think we've lost sight of everybody just wants to pitch. We worry too much about the softball aspect 
the radar gun, being the best on the team, the, you know, um, social media, I think ruined it a lot too, in my opinion of posting all of these, my daughter did this and my daughter did that. And then everybody looks at it and then it's expectation that that's where I need to be not realizing God gives us all an opportunity. What are we going to do with that opportunity? And we're all progressing. I mean, we have different races. We have short hair, long hair. We have brown hair, blonde hair. We have big, we have small, we have tall, we have short. And we have to understand that that goes with it too when we're talking about progression and where we're at skill set. And I think that we've put a cookie cutter um, staple on every pitcher or athlete of you have to be this, you have to be that. And that's all we're working towards and we're finding out that it's not working. Well, that's prime example. I mean, how I've had probably, I mean, heck, I've, over 20 people have asked me specifically, even, honestly, even more than that. My daughter's 12 years old. Where does she need to be speed wise? And I'm like, I do not answer questions when it comes to age and speeds. I want to see her body structure. I want right. to see her work ethic. I want to see her mechanics because, and I want to see if we're in the weight room or if we're doing some kind of strength, mobility, flexibility training, those are my answers back. And parents don't like that. They want to right. hear the speed this and that and other. And I'm like, you can Google and you can see what rep Soto says or what the pocket radar is like, there's like generic stuff on there, but I still don't like to live by those because again, everybody is on their own journey and we need to focus on our path. And that's something I probably say 10 times a week, just as <laughs> for girls, just because, I mean, again, they're kids and, and I get that our brains can kind of go in that negative route sometimes or in that comparison route. I mean, especially as females, we're constantly comparing as much as we preach and we say that we're not, or that we shouldn't like right. at the end of the day we do. And so being able to find just to remember like who you are and all of that and parents, 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 not all the time are you the problem, but sometimes I'm just going to say straight up, like, because you share that stuff on social media, because you're constantly comparing your daughter to somebody else, your daughter picks up on those habits and it stays with them. And when it comes to like the nutrition side, I mean, kids are kids. They're not going to remember if they have the choice to pack like Cheez-Its or carrots in their lunchbox, they're going to probably pick the Cheez-Its like they're kids. Like I would do the same thing, but it's parents' jobs to really kind of monitor a little bit more on what they are eating, how much they are drinking, like to really help bring these values that we are teaching and lessons within our community of players at home, or we're not going to see that difference. And I'm curious with you. So you have your message with your girls and how you talk with them. Do you also have some kind of like parent portal or how do you stay connected with the parents to kind of get them? Are they a part of the lessons with you? How do you get them on the same page of what you are bringing into your lesson? So mine might be a little (laughs) different than what the rest of everybody else does, but I don't have catchers at my lessons. My girls, we have, um, we use our BP zone. So shout out to them. (laughs) We -hmm. have our pitching alley. So shout out, shout out to field sports training too for that. Um, and we really work on that in our in-person because the reason I like to do that is it gives the girls a sense of their own identity. They feel a little bit, in my opinion, my girls, and this is maybe just the girls I've been blessed with to teach. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a, if it's a demographic thing. Um, but 
I want to communicate with them first. So like when I have things going on, like, hey, there's no lessons next week, or hey, this is your homework, send me the videos. My middle school and high school girls, I will tell you, it's your job and your responsibility to do that to your parents. You are getting older. When you play middle school ball, you play high school, you play travel, you want to play college, that communication from the coach to the parent starts to diminish if, if, if there's any. And if this is your dream, it's not your parents' dream. They're not here trying to get better. It's your dream. It's what you want. You want to be this. You want to be that. You got to work on the communication. It's not just the physical part of, okay, well, my parents are paying, so I'm going to show up. Um, if it's a deeper issue, obviously, I will communicate with the parent, um, you know, through a text um, or if I have time. I don't have gaps in between my lessons they're back to back to back until I'm done. So if I have a little five minutes or so, my pitchers all have a certain warm up. It's a pitcher specific warm up that takes about 10 minutes or so. So my girls will get to lessons early, knock that out. I say, hey, go ahead and do your specific warm up I gave you guys. Or a lot of times if it's something new, I put it in that community group chat. They know, hey, this is new. This is what I'm going to start. So while they're doing that for five minutes, I'll go have a chat with the athlete and the parent. My younger girls, I will go up to the parent and just say, hey, I just want to go over this with you real quick, but I'll send you more of a detailed message with some videos. Um, a lot of the times it's the videos. I like to, while I'm in lessons, to save that time, I record the girls and I still talk it while the video is recording and then I send it to the parents. That, why, that way, when they when I send the videos to them, they can see what the girl's doing, but they can also hear me talk about the correctives. They can hear me talk about what I need them to do. The positive things, we work on affirmations a lot um, in lessons. And it's just the best way that I have found with my parents that it works for me. And I send it immediately right then and there when they walk away or when I kind of go put my stuff down or wait for the next group, quickly send it to that parent. Now I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, I forgot about it five days later. Oh my gosh, she's only going to have two days to be able to work on this because I forgot. Um, and I found that that has kind of helped a little bit. Um, my girls, it's progression. If you're not understanding this one concept when you're young, you don't move on. If you have to do that same concept, the whole entire hour in that group, that's what you're going to do. And then I explained to the parent, listen, this is why she's still stuck on this. Um, typically, they already know. I'm going to ask them, hey, did you practice this week? And if they don't answer right away, then I know. And I said, you know, I can tell. That's why I'm asking you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think because they know I'm asking that, it's, oh, gosh, Coach Ellie can really tell. And I said, listen, babe, I was your age once. And I did that too. And my pitching coach could tell right away. And I did not want to continue to keep getting called out and being kind of feeling like, oh, I disappointed him or I, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. He is one of the best and I am disrespecting his knowledge. I'm disrespecting his time. I'm disrespecting what he can offer. And I mm -hmm. kind of go about that a little bit. I think I have to, you got to kind of know your athletes. I really ask them a ton of questions. Hey, what did you do today? What, you know, did you get for Christmas? Just asking them little things helps me also to understand who they are as the individual. And that's how I can plan out or know how to approach them in lessons of why aren't they understanding something. Or my girls that have been with me seven, eight, three, five years, girls, you know the expectation. Come on, let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so I think, I think that's, that's how I go about it a little bit. And I know sometimes, I mean, I've got to, you got to play with it. So, we're all human. They have bad days. 
and how I normally get through to them is not working. It's, hey, babe, tell me right now what's going on. I'm not sharing this. I want to know because I need to know how to help you in this moment. Not overall, but in this moment, because I can tell when you walked in this door, something was off. You don't have to tell me everything, but I just want to know a little bit so I can really help you right now for these next 20, 30 minutes. How can I help you feel like when you walk out of this building, you you understood what you're supposed to do and you felt a little bit better about your day? Mm-hmm. No, and I 100% agree. I think the my number one goal when I have a new client is like that first session, I, I won't let anyone work with me in person until we have like a meet greet session over zoom. It's like a 15 minute little thing. And that's just for us to start building a relationship. And typically I'm the one chatting the whole time and I'm an open book. And, um, I, but I'm that way one, just cause that's my personality. But two, if I want them to be vulnerable with me, I have to show that I'm vulnerable with them and right. building that relationship. So we have that trust. So they know that I'm a safe person and you and I both, We want to just call each other pitching instructors or softball instructors. We want to be softball mentors. We want to be able to mentor you on and off the field for life and training these girls to be young or to train them to be independent, confident young women. And that's both of our goals, I know. And just like you said, as far as like, we can just read the girls a little bit. Like, I just think relationships, that's the number one thing that I always live by, whether it's in my personal life or business life is like relationships is the number one important thing to me, uh, maintaining them, growing them, strengthening them. That's just what I'm most passionate about. And to get these girls to buy into the concepts that we are teaching to get parents to buy in, like it really starts with that trust factor. And it's not just do this because coach Allie or coach D said so it's do this because you know that we have your best interests at heart. We've been doing our research. We've been doing our studies. We've done our trials and errors. We've also gone through the complete opposite of what we are teaching y'all. So like we know um, the ins and outs of both styles, whatever you want to say. I know we didn't even get into that yet, but that's just something. So future pitching coaches, pitching coaches are listening on here, even just travel ball, rec ball coaches, Building relationships with your girls is key to being able to truly change this culture and to change their thought processes and to get them to really buy into what you are teaching and what you are educating them. It starts with you being able to understand the girl as a girl before understanding the girl as just a player. I think that is huge and that is key. And just feeding into that with like the misconceptions with pitching is I feel like people are like, they're always zoned in on the pitcher, the pitcher, the pitcher, the softball player. And it's like, well, who is the, like, let's talk about the girl in general. Like, let's just talk about just the human. And for you, when it comes, I'm kind of switching gears a little bit. You shared so much great wisdom on the youth topic. And this kind of goes into the youth topic a little bit more with pitchers, the misconceptions just with pitching and training athletes in general I mean I know a few of my misconceptions I'll share them but I'd love for you to kind of I know we chatted a little bit before we started recording I'd love for you to share your wisdom on the misconceptions that you're seeing and how you are changing the culture within your girls and your program with those so uh, this is um you know I could talk about this all day and so I'll try to keep it short and sweet but to where we can really get the message across you know I recently, um, which you, I mean, you know this, you and I had the opportunity to travel almost a year ago in April to go see uh, CJ Beatty and have kind of a 
motivational, inspirational type workshop. It was kind of heavy hitting, mm-hmm. um, I think, for both of us, for our hearts, our minds, and and what our purpose is on this planet and in our industry. And it's to really give back in a greater way than what we were able to experience. Um, and that right now, to me, is through the athlete's body, understanding biomechanics, and that my concept, and I explain this to parents when they come to me, is especially if they've already gone to other instructors and they're switching over to me, is listen, I am not going to teach you softball right away. I am going to teach you how your body properly moves, what are the muscle groups that we use, kind of really taking a exercise movement, a gym movement, a workout movement, understanding how to properly do those movements. And then we add them into a pitching motion. I mean, if you really think about it, our, and I'm just talking about softball here. I know all sports are like that, but we are student athletes. So when you take the athlete and you really look at that, it's not, wow, she's really good at her sport. Well, no, she understands how her body moves. She's probably with a weight coach. She's probably been strengthening since she's young. She's had a good nutrition plan to be able to to sustain, you know, muscle fiber strength and fascia. And, you know, she understands how to properly do these movements I'm asking her to. Um, I am seeing, um, I'll go back to Dr. Dugas real quick. And he just mentioned, you know, I'm so tired of operating on the youth and it's because we're damaging our kids. We're not doing our research as instructors. If your instructor, and, I, and I'm I'm not being disrespectful when I say this, I'm being a little bit more protective of the industry. If your instructor that you're going to cannot name at least three or five of the top instructors, hitting, pitching, catching, fielding, whatever you do, and they don't know their philosophy, they are not helping your athlete get better. They are not even, again, you do not have to play in an elite level. You don't have to play elite level travel. You don't have to want to go play elite level power five college ball. You could just want to be good at it and make sure that you're staying healthy. But you parents, you have to do your research. I tell people, don't come to me just because I have so many people who come to me and you've heard really good things about me. Find out who my mentors are. Find out who I'm certified under. Find out what my my qualifications are. You want to have a phone chat? You want to follow my social media? I will break everything down. And if you follow my social media, you'll notice a lot about what I promote. And this is what I believe in. You don't have to believe in this, but this is what I believe in, in my industry, based on what I see. I'm a female that played it, and I'm a female that pitched it. I went through it mentally, physically. Um, I did it in a different state and came out here. You have to do your research on who is helping your child because your instructor is either helping them or hurting them. When I say helping and hurting, it's not immediate. It's over time. And I'm noticing a lot of my girls, when they come to me, they have no range of motion. They have no mobility. They don't even know what internal and external rotation is. They don't know where their glutes are. They can't do a proper squat. Um, their shoulder is tight. I mean, let's be honest, the death of a pitcher is a really tight shoulder, a really tight elbow, not understanding how to properly throw. If you haven't had that type of instruction, you're really investing money that is actually hurting your child and not helping. And again, it's not going to be immediate because nothing is right away. It's over time. And then you're almost going to pay double the money because you've spent so much money to get them where they're at, but really where they're at is inefficient to how the body moves. So now you're going to have to pay more money to get them fixed. Now your daughter is going to a state of, oh my gosh, you know, I should I just quit? 
now you feel guilt as a parent and you're almost like, where do we go? And so I think that it's just so important that we have to do our research of who are you going to? Do your own research. Look at the top pitching coaches. Look at the top hitting coaches. Look at what their athletes look like. I'm not saying the cookie cutter, everybody's the same way, but look at the similarities of internal rotation. The elbow is slightly soft as it leads. Their forearm is pronating over when they let go of the ball. They're resisting their front leg. They're not falling over. Their back leg isn't stiff. Um, they're not falling over to the right or to the left. Um, you know, oh, my pitcher has seven pitches. No, she doesn't. You look at when you watch college softball, and if you look at the breakdown before the game, the announcers put kind of the little stat sheet of key points for this pitcher. They're always only going to list three pitches. That's it. Three pitches. You look at a couple years ago. Um, I'm going to go to Georgia here. I can't remember the pitcher's name. Blonde girl. Uh, they were probably going to win the World Series that year. And then she tore her bicep. Brittany Gray. There we go. Yes. Um, and the backup pitcher didn't throw over 58 miles an hour. And she's playing in the SEC. But she had wonderful movement. Her mechanics were spot on 10, 11 miles slower than Brittany. And it just goes to show you that it's because she was taught the right thing. Mm -hmm. She did not worry about, I've got to be this. I've got to be that. I am only what I need to be for myself. Um, I know I'm, I'm going to say one more thing before we move on with this, because again, I could talk about this forever. But what I tell my high school girls and some of my advanced middle school girls is, listen, I'm hearing a lot about, well, Coach Allie, when I go to practice, when I go to my training, my pitching coach at school is telling me to do A, B, C, and D, but it's nothing that you teach me. And I said, okay, so here's what you need to do. You know you have the best knowledge of what you should be doing and what we do in lessons. You've been with me five years. Why don't you tell your coach why you're not doing that? Hey, coach, I understand what you need me to do, but, you know, this is why I don't want to do that. Because it compromises my internal rotation. It compromises my hip to trunk relationship. It compromises my front side resistance. If I'm not doing that, my, my core is not getting that, you know, hip to come through. It's not activating my lat. I'm not able to stay in an extension longer. They're going to kind of go, whoa, she really knows what she's talking about. Let me leave her alone. Um, and I think on the coach aspect, too, we have to go, hey, guys, I know you're on lessons. What do you need from me that I can help you be the best for this team? Instead of saying, nope, I need you to do this. You're going to do this. I don't care. You're going to throw 30 pitches until you get it. That, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. Our job is to not tell the kids what we need them to be, but what can they be for this team? What can they be for this? And I think it goes back to like what you said is you have to know the athlete. You're not just trying to get the best best athletes because, like I said, wow, they made that look good because they're athletic. What can they bring to the table to help me learn from them? And I think that's where we've lost it a little bit. Um, but again, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> no, preach, 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 preach. I feel like I was just in a church session for a second. Uh, <laughs> everything oh, just said. No, I agree with it 100%. And I did want to touch on this because I had a parent reach out to me probably about two, three weeks ago, eh, maybe closer to Christmas time. And she was like, I'm in tears right now. I feel so guilty because I did not know that the instruction my daughter was learning was completely going to set her up for injuries and blah, blah, blah. And I just, I was like, would you like to have a phone call? 
And I don't even know who this, like <laughs> never met her. She just DM me and I could tell that things were heavy on her heart and we were chatting. And I was like, look, it is not like, I don't want you to feel guilty. You now are, edu- you just now got educated that there is a difference. You just now got educated. Like that's all that matters is that you are growing your IQ and you're trying to make a difference. Like I did right. this for 14 years. Like I was this old school way. Like I was injured seven times from 14 to 21 years old and in my college career a year early, like your daughter's only 12. Like you are saving her right now. And there's no need to feel guilty because now you're learning and you're growing your IQ and you are making a difference. And that's, that's what you have to hold on to right now. Now, if it was the flipped and you're like, eh, my daughter's the best, I don't care what you're teaching. Like then I'd be having a different conversation with you. And it's more about, I'm trying to protect your daughter. Then at the end of the day, like that's all we can ask for from parents is to grow your IQ as much as we're trying to get our pitchers to grow their IQ. And we are fueling them with knowledge constantly. Knowledge is power. The more knowledge you have, the more powerful you can be. And again, it's our job as instructors to continue to grow our knowledge and our IQ so we can give it the best way. And I, I know you do the same thing as me. We will not teach something to our clients if we cannot explain it 10 different ways, if we can't word it differently, if we can't show it differently, but I am not confident in ever doing something unless I know I can word it that many different ways. There's visual learners, there's audio learners. Like I want to make sure all the different learning types like can understand. Um, I know some patterns work better for other girls based on range of motion and mobility and all of that. Like those are things that we have to work on. And it gets tough sometimes for us instructors as we only have maybe an hour with our girls and we got to focus on the mechanics. We got to focus on the spin. We got to focus on the command and the mental game. And I do tell my girls too, I'm like, what's most important right now? Number one, this game is 90% mental and 10% physical for you to be able to make adjustments in the field without mom and dad in your ear. And because I will not be in your ear, it starts with growing your knowledge and growing your IQ. So if these first couple sessions or the first 30 minutes of our sessions, like we're moving and I'm educating you, like I want you to live here happy. Now the reps, we might not get as many reps in as you want to get in solely because this is where we learn. This is where we grow and this is where we fail. And then at home is where you have to put that work in to get those reps. Like I can't stand when I hear that girl's like, a, like you show up to lessons, spins, Ks, like you do the basic warm up, spin, overhand throw, spins, Ks, Ts, circles, walkthroughs, pitch for 45 minutes, leave. Like, I'm like, right. no. And that's what I want parents to understand that that's not the route that these lessons and this instruction should be. And if coaches are doing that still, it's just the lack of knowledge. And there's so many resources. Like if people just follow both of our social medias, I mean, we share so many other accounts. We share, um, I know your your mentor, Carrie Foster has an amazing coaching program. Like there's programs that these coaches can be in and invest in to really help grow that IQ and to grow just changing that culture. And just again, everything that you said was spot on. I am so happy that I had you on here. I hope that I can have you on here for episodes. Yeah. Everyone needs to go follow Coach Allie at McKnight Football Instruction (laughs) on social media. Um, Again, I hope we can plan to do a clinic together maybe this summer. Normally with the past two, three years, we've been doing winter ones. This year, it didn't work out, unfortunately, but um hoping in the summer we can team up and do something again. I love coming up there to Tennessee, working with you. 
And again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you again so much. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story with what you do with your girls. You just motivated me. Um, Again, loved everything that you said. (laughs) Um, And is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before we head off tonight? Um, No, I think, you know, it's, I think what's really helped too in the youth is I want to say, have your kids start listening a little bit to podcasts, motivational speakers. Um, some of my girls study the Mamba mentality a lot. And I think because when we talk about the mental game, they trust us. They trust me. They trust you. They trust their parents. They trust their best friend. But if they don't believe their own self, they don't have the self-positive talk. Their thoughts are not conducive to be able to walk onto that field or in their training with their shoulders back, their chin up, their held, head held high. It won't matter how much we tell them. Um, I've shared a couple of my motivational podcasts that I listen to daily, and it has to do with work ethic, business, winning, losing, um, support, teamwork, um, and those kind of things. I think it's a really good way to help your athlete. You know, I'm a, again, I'm a parent and I want to go back to being able to help my girls. And sometimes we can't do it verbally. And the only way we can is by guiding them to the right people and the right areas to be able to mentally create their own confidence. Um, and I always, I mean, at lessons, if my girls say, well, I can't, we stop. And I tell them, let's try a different way to say that. I'm not really getting it right now, but I know I'm going to get it. Um, and those kind of things. And so if you can get your athletes, doesn't matter how young they are, get it maybe more appropriate for their age or their skill set, have them start listening to that at least once a week, maybe twice a week. And you're going to start to see, they're really going to start to see a big change. My daughter's seven and she will ask in the car, mama, can you put on that motivation? And we do it before mm-hmm. school and I get her hyped up because t- my kid does not like school whatsoever. <laughs> and <laughs> It's just different ways that we get her kind of hyped to be able to go to school. And she'll randomly say something about, you know, I wasn't doing so good. And I remembered what, you know, your, your motivation you had on this morning. And he told me never give up, keep going. And I'm like, oh, she listened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so parents start, you know, going down that route a little bit, listening to them first, figure out which ones. Um, I know I have some, if anybody wants to reach out, I'm sure coach D has some as well. Um, but that's just something that I think that is another way that we can help our kids because at the end of the day, let's be honest. I mean, I was like that too. Uh, I knew probably knew my dad and mom were right, but they're my parents. I don't want to listen to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So motivational podcast, start researching, start kind of getting your own and finding one that'll fit good for your athlete and slowly introduce them. No, hundred percent. Love that. This game is 90% mental, 10% physical. And I would say like just life in general is 90% mental. And 10% oh, absolutely. Physical. No, agreed. It's helped me too, as a parent, as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, it's just really, um, it gives a different perspective and I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. No, well, again, Allie, thank you so much for being on this week. Thank you. Hoping to have you on future episodes, everyone. Y'all yes. have a great week. Good weekend. And I will see y'all in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Beyond the Diamond. Connect with us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at DR3FastPitch. But Instagram is my biggest platform where I post daily content. 
For questions or topic ideas, visit our website, dr3fastpitch.com and submit the form on our homepage. I would love to feature you on our next episode. Remember, you can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website, dr3fastpitch.com. Stay tuned for more exciting discussions, stories, and insights in the world of fast pitch softball on the next episode of Beyond the Diamond. Until then, remember the only thing that matters is the next pitch. Deep breath, next pitch. I will see you soon.